Hello and welcome to Start the Beat with Sykes. I am Sykes and this is my podcast. Now, before we get started, I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank everyone who checked out last week's episode with Woody Wright of the band Instead of Sleeping. If you are one of the people who checked out that conversation, I hope you enjoyed it and thanks so much for coming back. But for those of you out there who are new to the show, welcome! Please feel free to make yourselves at home, and as always, there's beer and soda in the fridge. Now today, my friend Jarrett is on the show, and chances are, if you're someone who's involved in the Pittsburgh music scene, mainly like the metal, hardcore type stuff, you probably already know Jarrett. But, you know, for those of you that don't know him, he is a... He's done a few things, you know. He is a, a talented vocalist, singer. He does, uh, he's promoted some shows before in the past. And, you know, he's someone that, you know, you've probably seen him around. And if you haven't, then, you know, you're going to get to learn a little bit about him today. We're going to talk about, you know, just how he got into the music that he's into and just reminisce, nostalgia talk about some nerdy shit, talk about some personal shit, and just, you know, have a good conversation one-on-one, me and Jarrett. I don't really have anything else to say about it, so before we get into the episode, I gotta do my little promotion things that I do. If you are new to the show, or just new to me in general, and you want to know more about me, you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all of those at The Real Sykes. You can also follow the podcast on Facebook. Just look up Start the Beat with Sykes. The podcast is also on iTunes. Just look up Start the Beat. And last, but certainly not least, Start the Beat is part of the Epicast family, which you can learn all about at epicastnetwork.com. Yeesh. Okay, anyways... Let's, uh, enough of that. Let's get into the conversation. Sit back, relax, and let's start the motherfucking beat! error than trial we have set this up and we've made it work yes we which did. is good i'm glad that you had this microphone yeah the little laying the, around the, the little the little snowball sure and yes. i'm assuming this is something that you acquired for like recording vocal covers and maybe things like that stuff that you do yeah that was the intent but that's not exactly what happened it's kind of just been sitting in a box okay yeah what's up with that um i don't know how to do any of that shit okay maybe like, I could, maybe i could show you maybe someday we... that'd be amazing because like <laughs> i really need to step up that that youtube game because i have a ridiculous amount of subscribers for no fucking reason whatsoever sure and i feel like they deserve a little more than me screaming in my room all the time sure all right well let's take it back to that um how did the youtube thing start what was that about uh the youtube thing started directly out of boredom 
I had nothing better to do with my time. <laughs> I had a shitty camera and literally my sister's old karaoke machine. Okay. And when no one was home, I would just sit in my room and scream into this piece of shit and put videos on YouTube. <laughs> and years later, the friggin' A Day to Remember cover has almost 400,000 views. Wow. And, yeah, it's it's weird. Okay, so it was just hanging out. I'm going to try this out, see what yeah, happens. Yeah, yeah. Now, had you been, like, singing and stuff prior to that? Um, yeah. Um, but not in a way that anyone would know. Like, I've always wanted to, you know, pursue that. But, uh, for a lot of my life, I was super self-conscious, and I was told that I wouldn't amount to anything because of my physical limitations. Sure. And uh, I believed that for a really long time. And the problem is that, not so much that I believed it, that everyone else believed it. That, um, you know, you're not going to get anywhere if you don't fit an image. And a fat dude singing for your band isn't an image that people want to portray, especially in heavy music. Which has become, like, in a lot of aspects, heavy music is mirroring what it's supposed to be the antithesis of, which is pop music. It's very much, you know, it's become fashion core. You, sure, sure. Like, yeah, I can see that a lot. I mean, like, man, I'm just not going to look good skinnies in a deep V. I'm sorry. <laughs> like... I'm very top-heavy, and my legs are really skinny. If you want the Kool-Aid man singing for your band, then yeah, I'm your go-to guy. If not, I'm going to wear my baggy jeans and, you know, be comfortable. Yeah, definitely. That makes sense. But you were just, like, singing along to music and shit that you liked and yeah. stuff like that. And we're like, hey, I want to record this. Kind of, yeah. I mean, I had seen other, you know, YouTube covers, and I was like, I could do this. And then I did. That's pretty much all the thought I put into it whatsoever. Yeah. Like, my first couple of videos are literally, I don't have a mic, I don't have anything. I have, like, an old shitty laptop that had a webcam in it. Okay. And uh, the videos are so shaky because I stacked it on a case of DVDs. <laughs> which we almost which, did. Which we almost did with this microphone We I almost have. did that earlier. It, it, it did not work. It did not work at all. Yeah. And so, yeah, that was like my approach was literally just like, I didn't think any of my friends would ever see it. I didn't think anyone would ever really sure. see it. You know what I mean? I never thought that I'd, like, you know, five years later have almost 7,000 subscribers. And I don't think like... I'm not bragging. I'm I'm baffled by this. I mean, like, a lot of them are people, you know, that just troll. But a lot of them are genuinely supportive. And, I mean, on my YouTube channel isn't anything special. It's a exercise in mediocrity. There's a lot of shit I need to work on, screaming and singing-wise. And, you know, basically, I do it for progress, you know? And, you know, I say and you know a lot. But... No, for real, it's, I wouldn't say it's changed my life. Like, other people are like, oh, this this thing that you're known for changed your life. Didn't change my life. It just helped me, you know, show people that I had some modicum of talent and it wasn't just, you know, some post-teenage tragedy fat kid trying to, get his angst out in shitty songs like 
there was a passion behind it. I gotcha. So let's go back even further okay. to like the early days of Jared. Oh God. So like, what was like the first music that you got into? Because you have a pretty eclectic taste in music. Yeah. You know, um, like I feel like sometimes like we'll be there's there's been several online exchanges between me and you where it's like, oh fuck, you know about that band? Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. Like really off the wall shit. So it's like, how did you come up? Um, uh, finding stuff, especially because I know that you grew up. Did you grow up out by like Greensburg, Jeanette area? Yeah, and even further in the boonies because my mom and dad were separated, and my I would go with my dad every other weekend, which <laughs> not fun. Um, but I do have to say that I owe a lot of my musical interests to him. Okay. Um, he was not the greatest dad. I don't know, my fam- some family might listen to this if I post it or whatnot, so I'm not going to get into specifics. Sure, we don't need to. But um, uh, he he had this theory um, that it's cheaper to buy an extra concert ticket than hire a babysitter. <laughs> okay. So I've gone to, I've been, you know, going to like metal shows and stuff like that since I was a really young age. Okay, your dad's a metal guy. He was, he was, he was more into classic rock, but you know, all of his biker buddies were into metal and stuff like that. So he went along too. you know, I spent a lot of my childhood in a backwoods biker bar. Like, (laughs) I'm not even kidding. Like, I remember being in my first bar fight when I was nine years old, hiding under the pool table and trying to trip people with a pole cue. Um... (laughs) It's the truth. I spent a lot of my my time with him in a freaking back room of a bar, eating party mix, drinking a Pepsi, and playing Double Dragon because they had old arcade games back there. Yeah. And um, the stuff they played on the the jukebox, you know, was Iron Maiden, Metallica, Megadeth, like the old school metal stuff. And you gravitated towards that stuff? Um... I didn't really like it didn't really occur to me because when you're at that young age you don't really you know find what kind of music you love sure until you know later on but I'd always been exposed to it um <laughs> this is going to sound cheesy but the first band I ever fell in love with was Slipknot okay um but there's a reason behind it it's not the typical reason it was um my mother's boyfriend at the time uh was kind of forced in a way to you know bond with me at least i feel like that's what he was trying to do i'm guessing so, you were like what like 14 15 no i was or, younger than that oh really like yeah. 12 13 11 i was a kid yeah, i was okay. i don't even remember um but i like i because I, I will tell you why i don't remember because i was doing things i shouldn't have been doing um but i can <laughs> i can remember that um i had he took he took me to Ozfest with him and by with him, he meant, okay, meet me back to the car when it's all over. I'm going to go smoke weed and do drugs and drink with my friends. So I'm I'm a little fat kid walking around Ausfest by myself for the first time. Like, I don't know anybody there. I don't know what's going on. And, um, oh, God. I had a lot of trouble in school growing up. I was bullied mercilessly. I mean, I had, like, I was tripped in the halls. Like, the, the shit you see in movies literally happened to me. Knocked in the lockers, tripped in the halls. Kids would collect rocks. In the morning on the school bus, and when I would get off the school bus, they throw them at him, throw them at me from the windows. Like it was, it got pretty bad because I I I got bullied from my dad. I got bullied from my my grandmother. Like yeah, I got bullied from all aspects. I literally had no self esteem whatsoever. Um, I was too young to feel 
completely worthless or think about suicide or self-harm or anything like that. But I just knew that I hated everything. And, like, I had a lot of behavioral issues because of that, you know. I mean, they put me on all kinds of, like, medications to kind of correct it. And none of that shit helped. Metal did help. Metal actually helped me. And I know that's cheesy and that's what everyone says. But to get back to the point, uh, I wandered towards the second stage of 99 Ozfest. The first year that Slipknot was on. Yeah. And um, I just hear the beginning of the record. You know, that... And I'm like, what the hell is going on? See all these weird dudes in jumpsuits and masks and stuff. And mind you, my only friends at this point were comic books and horror movies. So I was instantly (laughs) intrigued. Yeah. So I walk towards the stage and surfacing just erupts out of nowhere. And I get blindsided and knocked on my ass. Now, having my ass kicked several times in my life at this point, I immediately, you know, huddle up fetal position and just protect myself because I don't know what's going on. The kid that hit me walks up, and I think he's getting ready to kick me, so I curl up even harder. He's like, yo, yo, dude, are you okay? Sorry, I didn't I didn't mean to hit you that hard. Come on, he helped me up. And I'm like, what is going on? Like, this doesn't happen. Normally someone hits me, and they keep hitting me. Yeah. So this kid's like, come on, man, hit me back. And I'm like, and I tapped him. He's like, no, harder than that. So I shoved him. He shoved me back, and it clicked instantly that I knew what this was. And all that hate that I had, it had nowhere to go because I was too young to realize, you know, too young to have those, like, thoughts of self-harm. This, this literally had nowhere to go. It had no outlet whatsoever until that fucking moment of my life. And I started hitting everybody. <laughs> I was yeah. running around. I was like, and I wasn't. I wasn't very tall yet, so I was running around just hitting people in the hips, you know, and just just freaking climbing on people and swinging. And I lost my shit. And this kid's like, "Hey, man, good job in there." I'm like, "Thank you." And he's like, "Where are your friends?" And I'm like, "I'm here with my mom's boyfriend, and he doesn't want to hang out with me." So this kid, I didn't know, was like, you're hanging out with me and my friends for the rest of the day. And he was sneaking me booze. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, I mean, like, yeah, yeah. So I was like, I was like a little, I was like, like, I don't know. Oh, God. Running around, little kid drunk. That's awesome. (laughs) At OzFest. And um, I got uh, one of the two song tapes. Uh, yes, yeah, I have one of Yeah, it had yeah. it had uh, it had uh, surfacing and spit it out yep. on each side, and I played that thing till it died. Like that kid, that kid taught me how to throw a punch. Like taught me how to defend myself because like we had to sit down and serious talk. He's like, "Why did you do that?" And I told him, "It's like because I got bullied a lot." And he's like, "Well, you need to start kicking people's asses." So um, that week, I think I got into one of my first fights. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, and it's like, you know, I, uh, I st- at some point I stopped, you know, fighting and standing up for myself, and I just, just made a conscious effort to make everyone think I was crazy. Okay. So they left me alone. I grew up in a town that, I mean, I'm not being, it's really hard to sound like I'm not, like, like not bigoted when I say this, but I grew up in kind of a ghetto area, at least the school-wise, where everybody wanted to be 
uh, well, you know, 90s gangster rap, and we were getting into the 2000s with that stuff. So everybody sure. wanted to be that thug, and they acted like it. And I was an easy target. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, and I, I tried to acclimatize to that. I, I went through my phase where I was, like, sagging my pants and, you know... I listened to uh, what record did I have? Oh my god, uh, the Dangerous Mind soundtrack. Okay, yeah, I played that on repeat and just tried to get into it. And I, and I ended up getting a genuine love of hip hop as well from that. But not, I found myself liking not the same stuff everyone else was. Like I was into like Nas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that kind of stuff, like where it was dark and edgy, but it was still cerebral. Like it gave you something to think, and it wasn't just about you know drugs or money or bitches like i never gravitated towards that i mean like that stuff would be cool to have in real life but you know (laughs) you know i mean i don't want to hear about that i want to hear about you know struggle and life and reality in my music sure i think that everybody listens to music for different reasons you know and a lot of the times with that mainstream rap type of stuff it's people aren't really looking for even music when they listen to it they're kind of seems like they're searching for an aesthetic and it's, it's, you know, it's like music's like an accessory yeah. to them rather yeah, than it's it's anything else there's like with the new with the new crop of hip-hop yeah right um <laughs> I'm a rapper now. Jeez, it just happened. Yeah, well, no, no, you have rapped. We'll yeah, get, we'll yeah, get there. yeah, We're yeah. We're gonna get okay. there. All right, all right. But yeah, no. Um, it just seems like there are two kinds of people that really dig like the new age of rap, and it's people that just want something to dance to, or people that are into the aesthetic, like you said, or yeah, just just want a part of that lifestyle trying, that they perpetuate. Yeah, they're trying to adopt the lifestyle that they can't otherwise. Get. get exactly. exactly. So they they live. Yeah, and it's. I feel like I feel like a lot of it is a rap about it till you actually have it. Like I mean, these these young dudes are coming out of nowhere. And what you you automatically have all this money, and granted, a lot of them sell drugs. So they. I mean, like I'm all about rapping what you know, but I'm not. They're not. There needs to be a consciousness to it. Like, there's responsibility when you're in a public eye like that to not perpetuate a negative stereotype and not, like, you're glorifying selling drugs. And I get that's something that you have to do to survive, but you got rich kids in the burbs that want to do that with their life now because it's the cool thing. You know, like, freaking, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's kids, kids with like three different colored pop collars are out here trying to get a trap queen. Yeah. Like, dude, daddy, you can't buy me a trap queen. Oh, what good is your money? Oh, I'm going to drive the car you bought me and be really <laughs> sad about that. It's because, oh my God, you just like, I can't. But like how much of that is really the artist's responsibility versus like a, somebody's responsibility, like personal responsibility personal, to just not yeah. be a douchebag. Yeah, personal responsibility to not be a douchebag, but I feel like um, that there is an epidemic of douchebaggery that you're just so bombarded with it that when we grew up, we knew better. Like there's no knowing better nowadays. There's like douchebags and people that want to be douchebags because douchebags are fucking famous. I mean, look at the Kardashians. I'm serious. They're famous for being famous. Oh, yeah. 
They're just, oh, God, that entire family just, oh. There's way too much transparency in general when it comes to celebrities. Yeah. It's like everybody thinks they know celebrities, and they do because everybody just puts themselves out there constantly 24-7. Well, they they put it, but they also, they don't put themselves out. They put an image out. I mean, look at Kanye, right? He's putting out this image that he's a baller, that he's Yeezy, that he's the new god of hip-hop, and he's... Millions and millions and millions of dollars in debt. Yeah. Like, like I said, rap about it till you have it. Like, motherfucker, rap about being in debt. Rap about being broke, because I guarantee I'll relate to that more than you rapping about fucking Kim Kardashian. Well, he did rap about that back in the day, and yeah. that stuff was so much more... Exactly. It was, it was, it was, it was real. And I mean, like, yeah, I liked old Kanye. Like, I mean, like, what could you not love about a dude... Like writing his own songs and rapping with his jaw wired shut because he was just in an accident. What happened to that, Kanye? Oh, what happened? Fucking douchebaggery. Like it just infected him. Like it infects everything. I mean, look, Trump's winning in the polls. The fuck? Literally, think about that. Oh, yeah. Nobody wants to think about that. It's just like, it's, I'm so fucking scared because life is actually becoming a reality show. And not just for the people that want to be in a reality show. Like, it's literally, like, I feel like God's up there. If there is a God, I don't know what you people believe, but I know that, like, there's something more out there. And it's fucking watching us like a TV channel. And it's going to change the fucking station real soon you know what i'm saying like we jumped the shark as humanity as like and we need to like take a good look at what the fuck is going on around us it's hard it's it's i try so hard to just ignore all that even though i know damn well i shouldn't yeah i should be more involved in what's happening in the world and i'm just like it's the only way we can survive. It's, a, it's the only way we can survive. You, it's gotten to the point where you have to be selfish to survive. You have to keep yourself locked up, your true self, because we all have online personas. That's not who we are. I mean, I try to like be real whenever I post on Facebook or whatever. I'm, I'm very, you know, I'm myself in whatever medium I'm in. But a lot of people aren't, and a lot of people are just afraid of judgment and i feel like that is what a lot of the issues that's going on right now are are happening i'm sorry i brain farted because my stomach right now sounds like there's like like lasers like badly (laughs) dubbed lasers from 1980s b sci-fi movies going on in there it kind of like distracted me but yeah dude it's just I mean, like, I don't even know what I want to say about it. It's just heartbreaking. Well, don't think too much about it right now. Yeah, let's let's. We might be all right. Yeah, let's change the subject. Things might be okay. It's what, not. Well, I mean, like, the I, the hey, there, I'm just saying there hasn't been a presidential assassination in our time, so <laughs> vote for Trump. <laughs> That's really funny. That's yeah. I mean, like. And you're just going to see a blood spray and just like a freaking waft of hair floating in the air. Fly away like a bird. You're free now, hairpiece. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> the, um, 
Man, it's so wild being on the internet right now. It's it's all either, you know, stuff Trump or stuff about Kanye or stuff about, I don't know, just the shit that people share. It's so hard. Like, it's and like even something that shouldn't annoy me annoys me. Yeah, like, and when, it annoys when, you when, because it annoys you. Yeah, like, like Leo won the Oscar. That's great. But then, like, why do a hundred people need to be like, Leo won the Oscar. Leo won the Oscar. We fucking get it. I know. Why it's funny because, like, it's funny because, like, everyone was more excited about Leo winning the Oscar than Leo was about winning the Oscar. Because he uses his time and his acceptance speech to talk about shit that he was passionate about. If all you're passionate about is Leo winning the fucking Oscar, what, what does your life mean, man? Like... Nobody was talking about the shit that he said. Everyone was talking about the fact that he won. Congratulations. You have a fucking statue. Yeah. He didn't need that statue to know Leo was a fucking amazing actor. He didn't need the Academy to recognize him. Everyone else needed that. Everyone else was bitching. I've never seen Leo post, why haven't I won an Oscar yet? It's everyone else. You know? And it's like, you're so enamored with the small aspect of someone else's life. Like... I haven't seen The Revenant yet. I hear it's a good movie. But everyone's like, oh, he's going to win the Oscar for this. Oh, he's going to win the Oscar for this. No one was talking about that movie was fantastic. I've not seen, like, I've only heard see people talk about his post. Uh, not his post. Only people post about his performance. I've not seen people post about, like, the dynamic of the story or the cinematography or the other actors in that movie or... Or anything like 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 it's you're so focused and it's I feel like it's a metaphor for life. You're so focused on one tiny aspect of the bigger picture that you don't see what the fuck is going on. So yeah, Leo won the Oscar, but there was what 150 people working on that fucking film that got him the Oscar. Sure, there's always more behind the scenes, and people just don't want to dig. They want to look at one fucking aspect of everything. Mm-hmm. You're a movie guy, right? Yeah, well, it depends on the movies. <laughs> no, but I do know that you're a movie guy. You're into, um, like, you mentioned it before, you know, you're into horror yeah. comic books and stuff like that. Yeah. So, like, pre-Slipknot, you were into, you mentioned that you had been into comic books and horror movies and stuff yeah. like that. So, like, where the fuck did that shit come from? Um, It came from uh, late night HBO. It literally, like, nice. literally, like yeah. I'm not even going to lie. Um. My uh, grandparents had HBO. My dad lived with my grandparents, so um, when he would get when he would pass the fuck out, um, I would be awake and I would literally just turn on HBO, and it had so many golden cheesy old horror movies, stuff like that. It's the time and, for it, man. Yeah, yeah, and I mean like one of my favorites of all time. And if you guys can find this, watch it. It's called The Class of 1999. Okay. Um, it makes no sense whatsoever. It's okay. super cheesy, Perfect, but yeah. it's. It's fantastic. It's literally... It could never be made again, too, because everyone is so fucking sensitive now. This movie can never be made. It's a, It takes place in the near future... In the distant future of 1999. And, uh, <laughs> and um, school violence has gotten so bad that um, they have... A, the schools have a privatized military police force. Okay. Right? And... <laughs> Um, there's a new government initiative where they take like battle robots and cyborgs and they upload them with educational software. Well, these teachers, these these robots start killing the kids, 
And the, they start a gang war between two gang factions. And then the one dude from the gang figures out what's going on and unites the gangs against them. And he's actually outside the school and with speeches, Now I'm going in there to waste some teachers. Who's coming with me? And I'm just like, yes! That's awesome. It sounds like a... Battle Royale meets Chopping Mall. Yeah, kind of. And yeah. it, it was it just preceded Battle Royale like yeah. bro, for a while. And like one of my favorite things I've ever seen in a movie ever is uh, there's this scene where uh, one of the robots is screaming in his face and he just puts an Uzi in its mouth. And they made a fl- like a giant fake robot head and literally shot the shit out of it with a real gun. And it was cool. And then like my little fucking six year old mind is like, yeah. You know, and I always, I always, I don't know, man. It's just that stuff. I don't know why I gravitated toward it as much. Yeah. Um, but it just always held my interest. And then when we got a little older, me and my cousin, um, who was my best friend, like my brother, um, when the other weekends when I wasn't with my dad, I would either go to his house or he would come over mine. And there was this little mom pop video rental shop called Rick's. Um, near his house and they had this amazing horror movie collection and we would literally rent we would use our allowance to rent the most fucked up movies we could find (laughs) and that got us that got me all my old school like zombie movies I'm talking like that got me my full C that got me you know uh, Dario Argento like all the all the classics you know I saw with him and I actually have uh a zombie fighting a shark tattooed on my shin because of full C zombie, which is the coolest thing you've ever seen when you're like 13 years old, just a fucking topless girl scuba diving, getting attacked from a zombie that pops out of a coral reef. And then that zombie getting into a fight with a shark. You're 13. It's got boobs. It's got zombies and it's got sharks. That's the most epic moment of your young life. <laughs> And I saw that with my brother, so I got a tattooed on me. Everything I, t- I have tattooed on me means something, you know? Yeah, and you have a lot of tattoos, so I, I, a lot, a lot mean, like a, there's a lot that means stuff to you. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're, you're, you're a sweet dude. No. <laughs> no, no, you, you, are, you are really, really nice, and you've always been, like, super positive and upbeat ever since I've known you. Which I, I have my moments. Oh, but... sure, everybody has their fucking moments. I mean, I have my moments. Anybody has their moments. Yeah. But... It's really, really cool. You know, I think that you're somebody who's always, like, trying to go out there and do stuff whenever you can. And, you know, it's awesome, you know, given, like, being bullied as a kid and stuff like that, that you're able to just be, like, figure it out and get past it. Well, or people have – people that have negative self-images just let other people tell them what they are. Without giving time to themselves to learn. I live by this this motto that I have for myself, which is, what I am isn't who I am. I'm fat. but And when I say I'm fat, people are like, oh, no, you're not fat. Don't say that about yourself. That they put too much they put too much meaning on that word. It's a fucking descriptor. It doesn't define me as a person. It's not who I am. You know, that's just a way of describing something. Like, that chair is small. That house is big. That person is fat. What's up? We were trying to use it as a stand. That was my roommate, everybody, interrupting us like a dick. Go <laughs> cry, Alex! No. 
Bye. Get, I was getting deep too, you bastard. No. Um. <laughs> no, but for real, like, what I am isn't who I am. I mean, like, people think that, like, you know, fat is just just dirty word, and it's not. It's it's just a word. I mean, like, and people. People assume too much, man. Like, there's so many things that could go wrong in the human body that could result in a person's, you know, body type. Like, you ironically assume I'm eating myself to death because of my size? Cool. I don't need you in my life. I don't want someone that close-minded. This gut is an asshole filter. Yeah, <laughs> I have like extremely awesome people in my life, and I feel like like a lot of like, you know, attractive people. You can't see, but I did air quotes. Attractive people um have a lot of fake shit in their life because they can't tell who's really there for them and who's there for the aesthetic. Yeah. So I feel like you know me being a big dude. While I had a rocky start, you know I have. A really supportive and really awesome, you know, circle of friends around me. Some rider dies, and I feel like you don't get that as without you know having some sort of struggle. And like people, people who've never had to fight through something don't know who they are. If it's easy to for someone to look down on me or you know judge me if they've never had you know, that bullying or that trauma in their life, you know, and it's, it's, it's a stigma, you know, yeah, I'm fat, so fucking what, how does that affect your life, what does me being fat have to do with you, what, and this happens a lot, why are you reporting my photos for nudity, yeah, I run around wearing a fucking cape and no shirt, that's hilarious, you need to work on your sense of humor, man, like, jeez, I rub some people the wrong way, and I think the reason is because I'm more comfortable with myself at this size than they will ever be, no matter how they look. You know, it could be the most attractive person in the world. Everyone has insecurities. I just don't let mine rule my life. And a lot of people are resentful of that. I can see that, for sure. You know, it's it's really... It's, it's complicated, you know, sometimes, like, I, there's been multiple circumstances when, like, we, we, we're at a show, and you know what I mean, and, and people were like, oh, look, like, look at that guy in the cape, I'm just like, yeah, that's my dude, Jared, yeah. he's, like, one of the best fucking dudes I know, like, what about him? It gets the crowd hype, dude, that's yeah. what I'm all about, like, you see a fat dude running around in a cape, you want to have fun, and I feel like that's what's missing from a lot of, like, local shows lately, is the aspect of fun. It's it's all about business. Everyone's worried about breaking even, or and it's like it's like fuck that, dude. This isn't about money. This is about hanging out. I got into throwing shows because I lived in the middle of BFE, but there was a venue near me that bands played, so I started booking shows so my friends would come out and hang out with me. That's literally why I got started booking at the keynote, and then I started getting offers from touring agents and like like all this shit, and it just became a job. And it eventually became something I didn't want to do anymore, That's because a lot of work. because not not because it was a lot of work, but because there was no passion in it anymore. Because I had an overhead now, and like I had to worry about like everyone selling tickets, and it just became a fucking monster, man. Like 
I became a promoter and I don't <laughs> like <laughs> like promoters aren't bad we get a bad rap some of us are fucking assholes but you're gonna have that in any profession I just lost the reason why I was doing things sure you know and I've been trying to get re-inspired trying to now that I'm in the city you know trying yeah, you to you just recently moved to Pittsburgh yeah and you're living with, you know, some of your best homies. And yeah. Most of your other homies aren't too far away from here. Not at all, man. Not at so all. So you're just kind of getting acclimated to a new yeah. lifestyle. Is this like your first time living outside of that area? Uh, no, I lived in Monroeville for about nine months with my cousin when his family was in Korea. Okay. Because he got married in Korea and then came over here. Um, and, uh, you know, his, his kids had never really spent a lot of time with their grandparents so uh, his wife and his kids went over to Korea for nine months. He visited a couple times, but we never had that bro time together because he got married. He went into the army right out of high school. He got married and had kids right away. And uh, so we had like nine months of us just hanging out because he was going to be lonely in that house all by himself. And uh, yeah, he's my brother. I love my monsters. When my, yeah, he's my cousin, but he's more like my brother. So, you know. Sure. My nephews and my niece, they uh, they live on State College now. I don't get to see him much, but I'm super proud of him, man. He's he's got the life, dude. He's got three awesome kids, beautiful wife, dog. They just they just basically built their own house, like, dude. He's it's weird because we're on completely different spectrums of adulthood, like. He's got the family, the dog, the house, the job. I got. The bachelor lifestyle, hanging out with my friends and stuff like that. But when we get together, we're automatically 13-year-old piss and fart joke guys. Like, sure. we are instantly transported back to that time when we didn't give a shit about anything. And all we did was watch horror movies and talk about, like, boobs. <laughs> you got, um, kind of going back to the circle of friends and stuff like that, you... Like, this whole group that you have, this, like, friend circle, support system, whatever you want to call it, all kind of came from the local music scene, it seems, right? Uh, most of it, yeah. I have some I have some uh, ride or dies that, uh, that are from outside the scene, but uh, mostly, yeah, like, most of my friends are somehow, are or were involved in the music scene. What was, like, discovering the local music scene like for you? Well, I kind of discovered it late. Um... I, cause I was, I was, it took me a while to like become myself. I was introverted for a lot of years and, um, I owe it all, I owe a lot to my best friend, um, who lives in Tacoma now. He's the first friend that I had that was completely let me be myself. Cause you know, a lot of times growing up, I thought I had to, had to perform for people. I had to be the funny fat guy. No one was actually going to like me. And he was the first person like that was uh, that encouraged number one encouraged me to do music, number two encouraged me to be myself. Um, in our in the entire tenure of our friendship, he's never made a fat joke. Like that's all my friends used to do, and I used to make fat jokes about myself. Like the whole like if they're laughing with you, they're not laughing at you. And so like I owe a lot of who I am to him, and he he you know sparked my love of like real hip hop. Um, he loved the classics, you know, Run DMC, Grandmaster Flash, um, 
Curtis Blow, Tribe Called Quest. Ah, we used to play this one song, ah, B-Boy Document 99. That song is just the shit. Uh, Jurassic 5, like that kind of stuff. And, you know, it was into a little bit of heavier stuff too. We, we cross-pollinated our musical tastes every once in a while. Yeah. So, but he was the first person. I remember I met him uh, after my birthday party. Um, someone had stolen money from my house, booze for the party, and uh, some of my PS game, PS2 games. So <laughs> I uh, I went to this bowling alley uh, to find the kid, and I was introduced to him. And he'll tell you to this day he thought I was an asshole. Because as soon as I met him, I was like, yeah, yeah, that's cool, whatever, man. Um, So uh, I'm just looking for this guy. When I realized he wasn't there, I'm like, figured I'll just hang out. You know, me and him started talking about my favorite movie, The Monster Squad. And we instantly bonded. And the next weekend, I'm over him. I'm over his house recording the first rap I've ever done in my life. <laughs> cool. Which was a freestyle rap about pooping in other people's houses. Okay. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Now, like, so you know, you have like recorded some raps and I have like one some... song. It's like yeah. I, you've done like like all of these things, like kind of like starting things. Like, what is it? Just is it hard to like kind of like keep it going or find people to help you like um, do you stuff said, or is it yeah, just like it's 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 both actually like um I have no other musical talents other than being a mediocre vocalist and a semi decent lyricist. I don't know how to play any instruments. I don't know how to record anything, and I I'm I'm not. I don't have a lot of cash, man. Like I I've never had money. To just throw away at like recording time or whatever, and sure. I mean like I don't want to. I don't like asking people to do stuff for me for free. Hey man, you got this microphone? I gotta figure out how and to you record. Got, you got a, You got a, You got a computer? It's over a there. Chromebook. It doesn't actually have any hardware or anything in it. Well, I gotta. You can figure this out. We yeah, eventually. Out. You, said you eventually. have another computer, right? Yeah, but it's a piece of shit. It's it like it's like it. six years old. It doesn't matter. It. You don't understand. It makes noises like it wants to die. <laughs> Like, literally, make me run up, like, six flights of stairs in 30 seconds, and me and my computer will sound exactly the same. <laughs> like, it's just my computer is just like, hing! <laughs> Don't make me do anything! <laughs> like, yeah. So that's that's on its way out. So, um, but yeah, I'm, I mean, like, I've gotten approached by, uh, people from like YouTube and SoundCloud and stuff like that to like do cover collaborations and you know stuff like that and I just I just want to make music and the problem is like I want to I want to write music I want to be with a band and stuff like that and I kind of got something started but it's so it's going so slow and it's driving me crazy sure like it's, it's... I just want to I just want to create man like I have all this stuff inside of me and it's not going anywhere and it's like i'm that fat little kid again without that outlet for anything yeah it's it requires a lot of patience yeah and persistence too though that's another important thing you got to keep pushing to make it happen yeah i mean like i've been there's other aspects of my life that uh took precedent um that i had to concentrate on and part of the moving out here was so that I'd be closer to people that can help me create these things. Yeah. So, like, 
I mean, I'm still getting acclimated to, to, to living out here. And, you know, I'm still, like, I still haven't hung up my fucking clothes. <laughs> like, they're just all on a box upstairs because the hangers I bought don't fit. Um, But, like, I'm still just trying to get my bearings, so to speak. Yeah, definitely. But uh, there will be some stuff in the near future. Whether it be my actual band, which we are called Noema. N-O-E-M-A. Look us up on Facebook. We don't have anything yet. <laughs> Just do it. We have a cool name. Um, and uh, with uh, they're actually um, I'm stealing members from my friends' bands. They're gonna help me uh, write and record stuff. Cool. Do you and, just kind of want to do like a studio thing, play a show well, here and there? It's gonna yeah. It's pretty much that's what it's gonna be. We're gonna do a studio project first, and then uh, maybe someday play shows together. Like, I just want, at this point in my life, I'm not really worried about the live performance thing, although that is one of the most exhilarating things I ever can experience in my life, is performing live. Yeah. But I want to have, I just want to, like, I want to create something and be able to hold it in my hands and be like, I did this. This came from my heart and my mind and my passion, my words, my voice. I just want to have that feeling. Yeah. Because I've never experienced that. And I want to, like... Like, I know it sounds cheesy, but even if one kid is at the front of, like, the stage and knows, like, a fraction of a song, I probably won't be able to finish it. I will break down in tears. Like, that's all I've ever wanted. Like... (sighs) Dude, like, one of my favorite things that ever happened to me in life, period, was I was playing a show out in Butler... At the Arts Center. Yeah, I love that place. It's the shit. And so it was the first time I ever played there. But um, it was was either the first or the second time I had ever played there. I can't remember. But I have a song called Grumpy Old Men. And then, like, there's, like, a sarcastic line at the end of the song when I say, burn a fucking church to the ground, hail Satan. And I was, like, looking. There was, like, all these young kids in the room. And there was, like, a couple, like, older people that worked at the art center. Yeah. And I was, like, okay, I'm just going to, like, not say this line. (laughs) Nobody knows the song. So I'm kind of, like, in the zone doing my own thing. And it gets to that point in the song. And it's it's a reflex. I know. Did you say it? I didn't say it. Oh, wow. But the kids in the audience did. And I was just, like... Yes! (laughs) Yes! <laughs> like, I was like, because, like, I was like, I didn't say it. I'm, 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 guessing, <laughs> I'm guessing our friend Kyle might have had a hand oh, in yeah, that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Kyle's <laughs> definitely had a hand in that. Yeah. And it was so fucking awesome just to be like, it was really funny for one, because ultimately it didn't matter yeah. that, it, that it happened. But it was like so cool. I might not have even noticed that had I. Yeah, had you had, said it. You were had, just, it was just like caught you off guard. And it was just like, those moments are so, like, it's a two. It's twofold because you feel like a god, but you're also humbled. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's like it's like wow, man. Like, don't want that feeling for the rest of my life. You know what I mean? It's 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 awesome being able to just get stuff out and share it with the world. I mean, it's all I do. Yeah, I know you're <laughs> a fucking machine. I've said to you several times and several people that you are the Mike Patton. Of the, of the Pittsburgh music scene. Because you just got your fingers and everything. You wake up in the morning. You want to do something. You fucking do it. Like, I respect that immensely. 
And it's don't don't hey, no, I don't know. You know, it's like <laughs> it's thank you. You know, it's just it's just it's, I feel like this is just what I'm supposed to do. Yeah, you know? it's like if I'm gonna be artist Brian Hal Sykes or whatever, it's like I got to get up and just do Cre- shit. Yeah, you're just compelled to create. And also, like, I like fucking around just as much as anybody else. So, like, yeah. just, like, hanging out, having a good time and drinking and stuff. And in order for me to, like, justify doing that, I got to work my ass off the rest of the day. So yeah, exactly. I can take a couple hours at the end see, of the day see, to I feel like, kick I, back. I feel like once I have that moment where the thing that I've created and love is in my hands, that's going to motivate me to do more. Because I've never had that. And I've, like, it's it's been, it's been the, the road to achieve that has been, I can say for the most part, nine times out of ten, disappointment. Uh, it's like anytime I'm in a band or I try out, I, you know, I'll put work in, I'll write songs with people, and then I'll just inexplicably be cut. And, or, and this is not, this has happened several times to me um, where I've been replaced by someone less talented but more attractive. Um, I've been, you know, basically it's just like at some point you want to stop trying, but you can't. So no. that's what, that's why like to the that's why it's been taking me so long because I stopped trying to join bands. I stopped trying to like be what someone else wants me to be. You know, uh-huh. I want to create my own music. That's what Noema actually means. Um, it's it's kind of like a, a, a weird wording from a. Uh, uh, Early 1900s, uh, I don't know if it was a philosopher or if he was like a, you know, a therapist or something. He was he was some kind of like scientist. His name was Edmund Herschel. Okay, I think I'm saying that right. Um, but he had this theory. It was called exploding noema, which uh, uh, a, a, a fictitious world, someone like that lives in a delusion, uh, that created their own world. The moment that that world is shattered, is an exploding noema. The minute they crash into reality, so noema is is like it's like a derivative of a Greek word noemata, which means like anything that is like dreamt or thought about or created with the mind, and that's what I want to do with music. So noema, cool. You have like a you got people on board for that? Ah, uh, yeah, I have a drummer and a guitarist and a bassist, and I'm stealing them all from my friends' bands. But we are having the shittiest time all getting together. Like, ugh. Yeah. They're all like, the, the, the problem that the, the problem that you run into with super talented people is the fact that, like, there's also an aspect of them being busy or, like, you know, they're just, like, the people that create the most are, like, their brains run on a mile a minute, you know? And it's hard to lock down everything together unless it's a set schedule. Well, we haven't hit that groove where we've been able to make a schedule yet, but... They're all super talented, and I know once we click, it's gonna fucking rule. Cool. Yeah. And we're playing uh, new metal, so <laughs> so fuck everyone. Is that like, um, if you could do this, is probably like a loaded question. Oh god, here we go. But if you could like make any type of music, like what what would you want to do? You know what I mean? Like, I mean, you mentioned like Patton earlier, and I picture yeah. you as being someone with that sort of an influence. Someone that, like, I imagine, like, your perfect music project would probably be, like, all over the fucking map. Um, or yeah, am I wrong? It's, it's, you're not wrong. Um, 
I would love to have, like, the kind of freedom and the kind of, you know, ability to just explore where my mind would go with the music. But my heart isn't what I grew up in. The first bands that I fell in love with and the first bands that, you know, gave me strength. So, like, Slipknot. Yeah. It's like, like, that stuff, honestly, I've gone through a lot of shit. I've done self-harm. I've... I've tried to hurt myself in ways that were would be final. You know what I mean? And, like, you know, as fucked up as it sounds, that music just pulled me back, man. Like, to know that I'm not the only one feeling that shit, um, it's fantastic. And I know there's other people that out there that feel that way. And, I mean, like... It's not so much the sound of the music I want to create, but the the intention behind it. Like, uh, yeah, I want to express myself artistically. I write a lot of metaphors and stuff like that, but I just want to, you know, I mean, the stuff I'm doing with Noema, it's going to be dark, it's going to be heavy, but there's going to be a lot of melody, maybe even a bit of down tempo, because I want, I feel like, New metal, the way like everyone associates that directly with like you know corn and biscuit, but there's a lot of new metal coming back right now. The, the amazing bands like you played with Islander, they're fucking amazing. Yeah, yeah, you know, um, and it's like you can explore so much more range of emotions in that subgenre of music, and it fits like. New metal is the poster is is like the poster child for insanity, you know what I mean? But somehow making it cohesive, making it relevant, making it powerful and mean something, you know. That's why I fell in love with that music when I was a kid. That's why I'm still in love with that music today, and that's why it's coming back because the state of affairs in heavy music is kind of grim, man. Like it's all the same shit. And it's it's hate and it's it's disgust and there's that there's a place for that, but it can't be everything you're about. Yeah, I'm so removed from what's going on in modern heavy music right now. I just like a, a couple years ago, I found myself being really tuned out from the stuff I was seeing. And I just backed away from it. And now I don't know who the fuck most of some of these bands are that yeah. kids are listening to. And it's just like they, they all say the same thing in their songs and every like like it's like you said about people being into hit hop hop for the aesthetics, kids will gravitate to any band that drops the C bomb in a breakdown. Sure, sure. Like it's like, ooh, this is edgy. It's not edgy. It's not edgy. It's simple. Anybody can say cunt. I just did. I'm not edgy. That I'm round and smooth. There are no edges to me. Well, I'm the, not like. Well, the problem is, it's like we're. This is coming from the mindset of, you know, mid to late twenties, but this stuff's being shot at kids that are 13, 14, 15 exactly. years old that have never heard that before, and they're like, "Wow, this is exactly." And it's like, and it's like, oh, that song saved my life. You're too young to even have an ex girlfriend to call a cunt, like. <laughs> Like, why do you like this song? How does this speak to you on some base level in your soul? Like, seriously, kid. Like, oh, man. I just don't understand it. 
Like, my four-year-old niece has more common sense than the modern metal kid. And it's, and I hate saying that because it's a genre and it's something that I love. And it's not every band, but I'm saying most bands. Now, I don't have a problem with marketing. I don't have a problem with image. I have a problem with marketing an image without substance. Like, if you're not saying anything, back the fuck up. Like, sworn in. They glorify suicide. Really? Kind of. I would, like, I would shoot me fucking dead. Like, like, you know, there's... It's, there's a lot, of, I actually have a line in one of the songs I want to make, um, say you're going to kill yourself, well fucking do it, you wouldn't glorify suicide if you lived through it. Yeah. You know, I feel like there needs to be, yeah, there needs to be a balance in music, you can't be negative all the fucking time. Yeah, there's negative feelings, but if you dwell on that, it's not going to get any better. You know, there needs to be a balance, there needs to be the negative and the positive, like, yeah, you know, oh, I want to kill myself, but you know what? I didn't. I'm still here. Where's that? Where is that? It's buried under, you know, the negativity and the cunt-flavored breakdowns, you know? Like, <laughs> cunt-flavored breakdowns. Like, that's, that's, there's, there needs to be more, man. Sure. Like, oh, man. It just, it, it, it bothers me that, like, you know... There's so little out there nowadays for someone to feel good about. There's so much more negative than positive. And it bums me out. <laughs> like, I don't like being a negative person. I don't like that side of me. That's why music is a fight against that. That's what it's supposed to be. You know, you can shed light on your dar- the darker parts of yourself... And it's a balance. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, it's... There's no balance anymore. Everything seems so fucking hollow. And just disingenuous. I think that... I've been thinking about this so fucking much lately. And I wonder, like, how much that is a byproduct of, like, us being so connected to technology all the time. And just being kind of, like, hollow, disingenuous people. You know, like we're it's, like a hollow culture. It is. And it's, a hollow it's, it's culture true. It's is like, gonna it's gonna spawn hollow artists that create yeah, I mean, hollow like, music. When we were when we were first growing up, we didn't have this just direct link to Fuck no. We didn't. And I feel like that's a blessing and a curse because there are kids out there that'll do amazing things with this technology. But there are kids out there that will just use it to you know Stay stupid. To, they don't have to get smart when their phones are smart for them. They don't have to read a book when they can just go to Wikipedia. You know? Yeah. Like, it's just, I feel like... <laughs> I don't want that for my niece, man. Like, that kid's my heart. She's my best friend. And I don't feel like she's going to be one of those kids because she's just so smart. I haven't seen her in a month, and I miss you, Julie. I love you. Um, but it's just, it's it's a scary thought, dude. Like, I am so lucky and so grateful to have the people I have in my life. Because I look on Facebook, and I see the alternative. And I don't want to be one of those people. I don't want to associate with those people. You know? They're fucking heart killers. Yeah. 
You know, the people, like, it's become a cool thing to choke the life and the passion out of people, you know? I mean, like, trolling and being funny is one thing, but to actually go after someone and try and ruin their lives through an app, like, people like that exist, dude. Oh, yeah. And I'm not saying they didn't exist before. I'm yeah, just saying you know, now I, they have the avenue to do so. It's kind of like a I – I don't, I don't really want to get too into it, but it was a thought that I thought of before, and now it seems appropriate. But just like YouTube's like a very vicious and ravenous community. Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> and like, I didn't want to get into it, but I guess this is also something that I've never really talked to anybody on the show before that has had any sort of like a YouTube presence. So – Let's go. Yeah. You like, want to get into that? Yeah, let's get into it a little um, bit. There's actually, I had a folder of pictures on my Facebook called Troll Fails, where people would just say the most disgusting shit to me on my, on my videos, and I would just own them. Like... The thing you don't know, a lot of people don't know about me is, yeah, I'm, I'm a teddy bear, but I got a little grizzly in me. Like... I will ruin your day with my words. I am as vicious as those people can be. I save it for the people that deserve it. Sure. And if you deserve it, oh my God, my vitriol would make you want to end your existence. <laughs> like, I never have to throw a punch. I can destroy someone with just my words and my voice. Well, like, in the beginning of this, like, you start this YouTube channel and... You didn't think much of it was going to happen. No. But, you know, slowly people start trickling in. People start viewing it. Now, like, there had to have been, like, that first comment or, like, those first couple comments that were negative. Like, what was that like? It was, it was just – it was nothing I haven't heard before. They weren't they weren't creative. Sure. So you weren't, like, necessarily taken back No, by no, it? no. I wasn't. It was just, like, literally I remember the first comment I got was one word, three letters, fat. That was it. There was nothing – there was no – there was no, like, you're fat. Hey, did you know you're fat? It's just fat. Like, okay. You really took a second out of your life to type three letters? Yeah. Oh, my God. I didn't know I was fat? Holy shit. Oh, my God. You're so right. I never noticed. I don't, I don't like, know, I don't know if you can agree with this, but the way that I respond to – because the negative stuff that I get online might be a little bit different than you, but yeah. it's still negative shit. And I always look at it as – any reaction, whether it's positive or negative, is a good thing in a way because, like, you're making somebody feel something enough that they feel that they need to get on their computer and say something at you. Well, I feel like – I can agree with that in some cases, but I feel like the only thing that you make people feel – well, at least in my case because my – my hate comments are usually fueled by my appearance. Yeah, you see, that's, like, it's different. Exactly. I don't have that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I get, I get, you know, I get, you suck. Stop saying. I get that shit too. But I'm saying the people that go out of their way to insult me based on appearance, I really feel sorry for them more than sure. I feel hate for them because I can just tell that they're not comfortable with who they are. So they lash out at someone who is. And I'm not saying that I'm completely comfortable with who I am. I want to lose weight. I want to feel better. I want to get better. I want, you know, you know, girls to find me attractive. And I do all right for a fat dude. Believe me. I have lucked out several times and have gotten more than I should have. 
Sure. You know what I mean? I just, I mean, like, everyone just assumes that I'm going to end up a Walmart fatty. You know what I mean? Like, and you know exactly who I mean, too. Yeah. Everyone has seen Walmart fatties. They are, they don't give a shit about themselves. They have rat tails. They have kids with rat tails. The female virgin wears stirrup pants from, like, the early 90s and some Looney Tunes t-shirt. It's normally Tweety or Taz. And then the guy <laughs> wears exclusively NASCAR shirts and Spalding shoes with the freaking acid wash jeans that are cuffed at the bottom. Like, you've seen these people. Like, literally, is there, is there like a Walmart fatties meat website I don't know about or something? Because it's like, they just, just gravitate towards each other. I don't want that. You've either described Walmart fatties or every hipster walking around Lawrenceville. Really? <laughs> Shit. I guarantee, like, it's, you, it's, no, it's, I, I, no, I guarantee you, not yet, but in like five years, oh, all, yeah, all oh, the yeah, hipsters yeah, yeah. are going to be what wearing... Are call, they're going to call it Walmart chic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't fucking know. Yeah, man. dude, like it's it's everything's a trend now, no matter what it is. It's That's a true. fucking trend. Yeah. But I try to look good for a big dude. You know, I try to keep my hair nice, I try to keep my beard soft, try to smell nice because there's so many negative stereotypes about fat people that I want to combat against that. And like if you don't mind me getting into it, I'd like to, you know, talk about body positivity for a second. Sure. Because this, this, this is your show. Because that's bullshit. Really? I believe it's bullshit. Okay. Um, I believe that you should be positive in the person you are, not because of your body, but because, you know, like, okay, 90% of body positivity posts that I've seen are fetishism. Okay. Yeah. I it's it's not you're not celebrating these women's bodies, you're exploiting them. And there's no there's nothing for dudes. Like the occasional meme, like, you know, cuddle with a big guy. You know, but there's they're they're always cartoons. You don't see an actual picture of a guy like me, like you would Tess Holiday. You know what I mean? And I'm not getting into her shit because I know there's a lot of, you know, like a uh, controversy with her going on or whatever. I don't give a shit about that because honestly, she's not being, she's not promoting positivity. She's promoting herself. You know, she's, she's saying, oh, girls be like me. That's a fucking guys, dude. That's, that's her making money from these women. Now, granted, some of them are feeling better about themselves, but I feel like there needs to be just a general movement of positivity, not associated with the body, not associated with anything. Just feel fucking good. You know, like, hey, your hair, the girl's hair looks nice today. Feel positive. Be positive about that. Be positive in who you are as a person, not as not because of your body type, not because didn't. I wish I could word better. I wish I knew more, like kind of what you were talking about. Like, like you, you mentioned what, what was, was this person's name? Tess Holiday. Yeah, I don't. She's she's a bigger woman. Um, she is like a famous, like a model. She, yeah, or she's something? a model. Okay. She's she's a model, and uh, she's uh, she promotes a lot of like bot like this body positive she, stuff. She, well, she doesn't so much promote body body positivity as she does pose in lingerie and bikinis and I guess she's like a bigger woman. Yeah. Okay. She's she's pretty big. I'd say she's pushing maybe 300. Okay. Um but 
there is there is a double sided thing. It's you like you think it's like like kind of like a disingenuous thing. Whereas like I might, yeah, I'm, it's I'm, like it's just like this is helping push her her brand yeah, rather than exactly. Yeah, I mean like exactly. that's, I mean like like a lot. That's how I feel about like like the Beyonce formation shit. Like I really don't feel that like that shit is genuine at all. And there's a lot of people that would come at my throat for that. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to get into that conversation see, now. See, the good thing about being a fat dude is I have several chins, and if I just like turtle up, no one can get at my throat. Um, <laughs> but no, for real, like, um, I'm just saying it's. There's no actual. It's it should be a movement. It should be a movement. Body being positive in your body should be a thing. Being positive because of your body is not the thing. You know, it still comes back to the who you are. What you are isn't who you are. You know what I mean? Like people are defining themselves too much about their their image, their body. Their their body is a fucking carrying case well, you know I mean, what i mean like god i mean like the culture that we're in right now though it's, oh, it's, yeah. it's all image it's all fucking instagram and snapchat and shit yeah. like you know like gotta look good for these three seconds gotta oh, show no, everybody what i'm doing i snapchat people pictures of me looking ugly as fuck <laughs> but like, like i'm like, dead serious i'll yeah. smush my face up and try and look like earthworm jim or some shit like <laughs> see the thing is people got it backwards don't try and look good online look terrible online so people think you look better in person that's 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 a life hack yeah right there like seriously that's a total life hack <laughs> everyone's trying to take all like all these big people are trying to take my space angles motherfucker i'm taking the lowest angle possible so you can see like how many chins are hiding underneath my beard and i have been losing weight i have i've lost a little like over 70 pounds since last spring and but still like i'm not gonna lie i like i will i'm i'm just like you know how fat can I look in this picture? Like, 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 literally, I just, I don't, it doesn't bother me, man. Like, you, people, people are so worried about their online presence more than their personal presence. You know And what it I mean? makes it weird. I know, I've, like, met several people in person for the first time who I only know through online. So I assume this sort of this personality, whether, like, their online persona is somebody that's funny or real serious it doesn't matter what their online persona is. They're always the same in person. They're just really sheltered, reserved people that like you can't even say two words to. They, they, they have nothing to say. But if they're behind their little cell phone, it's like you can't get them to shut up. And that's like it's scary. It, it, it goes back to the whole like the whole, you know, fearing judgment thing. There's no way to avoid being judged. There's no possible oh. way to avoid someone having a negative opinion of you. Exactly. Just, just embrace it, man. Like, you can't control what other people do. You can only control what you do. Don't live in fear of what others say. Live in fear of what you say. If you... The only person that can make you hate yourself is yourself. Yeah. And that's only if you believe the shit these people say. And people will say anything they can to tear you down to build themselves up. You need to surround yourself with people that build you up, that are excited when you when you have a breakthrough, when you have a success, when you have, you know, something positive in your life. Most people, their friends today are fucking they see someone doing well and that means that they're doing less. They're doing worse. So they have to tear that person down. Because God forbid, you know, you build yourself up. You build your 
you need to be surrounded by people that build you up and build themselves up so you can all rise together because if you people just tearing you down, you're never going to get anywhere. Sure. You know, a lot of people waste a lot of time trying to impress people that they don't even like. Yeah. It's, like, it's really easy to get caught in that circle, though. You know, I've caught, I found myself caught in it temporarily. Same. I you know? mean, like, I spent, and then it's like, what the hell am I doing? I don't even like these people. I've spent most <laughs> of my life trying to impress people that, like I said, I used to crack the fat jokes with the kids. You know, they're laughing with you. They're not laughing at you. It's the same fucking thing, you know? I didn't like any of them, but I wanted them to like me because somehow that's the only self-worth that I could attain. Self-worth is called self-worth because it comes from yourself. It's not someone else worth. <laughs> like, yeah. the fuck? Look at the words, man. Self-worth. Self-esteem. It comes from inside you, not what other people do. It's not external stimuli. It's internal shit that you got to deal with yourself and overcome, man. Like, I don't have a whole lot of... I have, I have a self-esteem in who I am. Like, I'm a good person, I think... Um, <laughs> I, you are. I'll, ba I'll, okay. I'll back it. Okay, yeah, I got, I got one person vouching for me, internet. <laughs> I'm sure you're I'm, I'm, sure I'm sure you've yeah, like, I mean, and it doesn't matter what, like, this personality is encased in. I could be the sexiest motherfucker on the planet right now. Like, if I woke up tomorrow and I was, like, you know, ripped and had a nine-inch wiener and... <laughs> And just like and just like could slay Poon with a look. <laughs> it wouldn't matter if you know, it mean like I'd be stoked about it. Fuck yeah, I'd be like, whoa, look at this Johnson. I'm gonna have fun with this thing. But it wouldn't change me because like number one, people are gonna hate me just as much as they do now because of the way I look. They're gonna look at someone who's more physically fit than them and they're gonna be like, oh, that bro spends all the time in the gym jerking off with his bros. He probably snorts protein powder. And if I'm fat, they're gonna be like, he's probably jerking off with a hoagie and deep throating it or something. <laughs> like, like you can't, you can't win. That's very it's true. It's the truth. No matter what you are or how you live your life, someone's going to have something to say about it. It's your life. It's not theirs. Fuck those people. And if you let them tear you down, then fuck you too, man, because I don't need that in my life. I'm sorry. I, I mean, I've spent my time trying to pull people up, and all they do is drag you down. I'm not saying cut your friends loose. I'm saying you can't make someone... Learn something they don't want to learn. You gotta let. Sometimes you gotta let people fall and hit rock bottom before you can lift them up. Sure. You know it's 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 shitty to say, but I've had to cut people loose because you know they were two faced, and then you know they hit rock bottom. They're like, Jared, you know, I was wrong, man. I'm like, yeah, you were. I'm here for you if you need me. Like, literally, I had a friend, um, you know, just kind of had an emotional breakdown and kind of blamed me for everything. I don't know how that happened um, because I've never been anything but good to this kid. And I was like, look, man, yeah, he's like, you know, let's just let's just pretend we're strangers. Never talk to me again. I'm deleting your number. I'm like, don't delete my number. I know you're going through some shit. If you ever need me, I'm here. And that was like the last we talked, and I ran into him at a show a couple uh, a couple of months ago, maybe three months ago, and he was like, "Yeah, man, I'm sorry for everything that happened." I'm like, uh, "All right, man, yeah, it's it's cool, you know. I'll still be here if you ever need me." But it's like you can't 
you got to wait for them to realize what's wrong. You can't you can't make someone wake up. And I feel like that's why a lot of people are in toxic relationships because they spend so much time trying to get the other person to wake up. Yeah, no, you got to figure it out. The person has to figure it out for themselves. And like, like I have a lot of friends like that go through relationship troubles, and I feel like it's because, and it's also could be because of the internet that uh, people jump to conclusions real quick, and you know they're just like, it's instant gratification. You know what I mean? Like anything you want is at your fingertips now. So, oh, like this girl's hot on on Facebook. I'm gonna send her a friend request. Oh, she accepted. Let's talk for a minute. Okay, now we're dating. You didn't spend no time getting to know that girl. She spent no time getting to know you. You don't know if your personalities are compatible. You just have a mutual attraction. And there's nothing wrong with just boning. You know, if you if you're, if you're like if you're up upfront about what's gonna happen. Like anytime I get involved with any girl or anything, or anything that's I made it sound like I get into weird shit. No, <laughs> hey, any girl. You I, do you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, judgment free. I, I mostly do me because no one else wants to. <laughs> I don't care but, what you but, get into. No, you get into whatever no, you want. No, no. Well, that, that was that. Anything is like a gallon of Hagen does. No, um, no. <laughs> when I get into anything with a girl. I'm always straight up about, you know, like, yo, what do you want out of this? I'm going to tell you what I want out of this. And if, our, if, we, if we're on the same page, cool. If not, let's call it off. Like, it's, it's, I have this theory that my friends, that I've told some of my friends, they like, I call it the box theory. It's like uh, each relationship in your life are different size boxes. Your acquaintances and Facebook friends is a pretty large box. There's a lot of room in there. You get into a friendship Less room, but still really comfortable. Lots of breathing room. Lots of room to grow. Then you have a relationship, which is a smaller box. You know, not as much room. You're going to have to sacrifice some comfort. Then you have the eventually smaller boxes of mar- of engagement and marriage. Now, people jump from the acquaintance box straight to the relationship box. And there's no room to grow in there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if you, if you, if you plant a tree in the forest... It's going to grow wild, and it's going to grow big and be healthy. But if you plant it in a small box, it's either going to break through the box and destroy everything, or it's going to be deformed and just grow, like, weird. Yeah. So what do you think? Just think about your relationship as that tree. And that's another thing that goes to the friend zone. I don't believe the friend zone exists. The friend zone is fucking bullshit. People that bitch about being in the friend zone had ulterior motives for that friendship in the first place. Because if you're truly a friend... yeah. If you're truly a friend to someone, you help them. You're you're with them through the the shit. You'll hear about her bitching about her boyfriend. You'll listen to him about bitching about his girlfriend because you're a friend. If that if that's something you're not willing to do, then you're not willing to be a friend. You know, so you don't belong in a friend zone. You're just in a fucking zone for people that don't know how to get laid. Like <laughs> <laughs> Like it's the truth, man. It's like it's and you know, like friendship you don't owe anybody anything for friendship. It's not it's not something you pay for. It's something that you're in because you care about another person. You have a connection with that person. And if you don't have that, you're not going to have that connection in a relationship either. So why would you skip over the being the friends thing? You know? I mean, like, and you know what? Benefits can happen in the friendship box. There's nothing wrong with that. That's just, what leads to the relationship. Just be, yeah, just be upfront about everything. Like, it's literally, that's the problem with... All relationships is communication. Well, that's just what I was gonna actually gonna say is communicate even outside of a sexual relationship. That's yeah. the problem with relationships of people just being people with yeah. each other now. Is communication so fucked up because of the internet? People don't know how to talk. 
Exactly. I mean, the whole reason I honestly, the whole reason I started this fucking podcast was because I realized I sucked at talking to people. And I was like, fuck, I need to get better at talking to people. Well, now you're. How can I do this? You're a fucking ninja at it now. Well, I haven't fucking said two words. You're just going. I'm just kind of just like letting. I'm navigating. sorry. Like, like, no, no, it's all good. <laughs> it's all good. You just got. It's, it helps. You know. You just like kind of ask like a couple things. Who's gonna listen? Like, Who's gonna fucking listen to this shit with me running my mouth? Oh. A lot of people will probably listen. Yeah. I think you're saying a lot of good shit. Yeah, I'm so, yeah. yeah. People are probably expecting me to be funny. Maybe I should tell some jokes. You've been pretty funny. <laughs> Oh, fuck, yeah, jokes. You did the, the stand-up thing. I haven't done it in a really long time. I need to find a new place to do it. But, yeah, I have a, stand-up's fun. Stand-up's fun. I know some people that are involved in the stand-up scene. Hook me up, dude. Because, like, I haven't done it in a while. I need to write some new material. But, like, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Making people laugh is one of the best feelings in the world. <sighs> Makes me happy. <laughs> Unless it's in bed, then it's kind of weird. <laughs> There you go. Yeah. That's a joke. You did it. Yeah. Yay! <laughs> you hear that, ladies and gentlemen? I successfully completed a joke. Woo! I'm on my way. No, that's awesome. Yeah. We could probably wrap it up soon. Oh, yeah, since dude. We're, I mean, this was awesome. Is there any anything you want to get out there? Let the, let um, the people know? At the, anyone that's made it this far in the conversation? Uh, Yeah. Um, fat boys over fuck boys. Uh... Tip your waitress. I like turtles. Okay. I don't know what else to say, man. <laughs> well, thanks for letting me come over and do this. Faux show. Faux this show, a lot of man. Fun. And thanks for having this blue snowball mic <laughs> yeah. so we were actually able to record this. Yeah. Because I'm a dummy and left some audio cables no, at home. You're not a dummy. You just made a mistake. It's okay. We forgive you. All right, cool. Well, thanks for doing it. Yeah. All right, and we can stop right now. Boom. And that is all, folks. Thanks so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed the conversation. Jarrett is an awesome person, and I hope, you know, hope you enjoyed it. I already said that. Repeat myself. Anyways, I'll be back again next week with another new episode. Same time, same place, same channel. You know the drill. My name is Sykes. Start the beat. 2016. Woo! Woo! Thanks for listening.